y'all only get one side of the story and that's being real with you, you guys get a side of the media that will tell you to you know that black people are this or you know all white people are that or trump's a racist this you guys don't get the real story about what's going on well what actually this guy's doing is he's allowing us to make our own decisions he's not trying to push an agenda that's trying to push all this social engineering crap. The racist terms used by, used by slave masters are the same exact terms that these liberal Democrats use against black people who go against the narrative. If the Democrats racist. lose, lose, the Democrats lose minority vote, bro, they're done. They absolutely are done. This is why they have to keep hold of every single black person that actually has a voice. And Trump has been talking about, the, about human trafficking since yeah, talk way before. For All way well, way before he was ever president, like back in 2012. What you don't understand is KKK was the Democrat Party and the monster, okay? There was a, the militia for the KKK in the 1800s and worked all the way up into now. They, even Joe Biden was given a freaking eulogy for a KKK freaking grand wizard. In 2016, when everything came out about, you know, grabbing by the pussy, I was triggered. As, as a woman who has been sexually assaulted, I was absolutely triggered. Um, welcome to Better Yourself Podcast, your boy of Foreign Christ. And today is a special day because we're going to talk about um, Black Voice for Trump. So it's actually a very controversial topic. So with me, I have two Trump supporters. I have Anne, she's from US, and I have David as well, of course, from US as well. So before we start, just want them to introduce themselves to let us know who you are. We're going to start with Anne. Just introduce yourself and let us know who you are. I think it's really funny, first of all, that this is black supporters for Trump and I'm white. <laughs> I'm No, we on 2020, you, you, you maybe look white, but maybe you consider yourself as black. So you never know. This day. Right. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't think I've, I don't think I've ever been a token. So I don't think I've ever been a token white person before. But I feel like the token white person on this. On this. <laughs> so yeah. Yo, there, on there's this so black... much gender going on. So I don't know. You we got you covered. Not because you, covered. you look white. I mean, are you white? I don't know. That's whatever you describe yourself as who you are. <laughs> so my name is Ann Livingston. I'm a writer, speaker, so story, cool. <laughs> writer, yeah. speaker, storyteller, nomad, mentor, all of the above. Mm -hmm. I actually was a Democrat my entire life. I walked away from the Democratic Party in March. I actually met David that way. So we like immediately hit it off and became best friends. And um, we have lots to say. Yeah, I mean, that's, um, that's a, a whole very good thing. lot to say. A lot to say. So, um, yeah, David, just introduce yourself. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry about that, man. So civil engineer, um, also a pastor. Yeah. Uh, Trump supporter. I left the uh, Democrat Party about 10 years ago, uh, 10 and a half years ago when Obama was president. I saw the Marxism stuff coming out of him. And then um, when I noticed that, said, nah, I'm out. And known history about Marxism, socialism, said, nah, I'm, that's, I know where that goes and what it actually can do to black people specifically when they become victimized by the ideology. So I was out. And I got to meet that young lady right there, Miss Ann. And She's a bomb. We get to connect all the time. So that's yep. it. So first of all, um, you are the reason why I call this episode because the election is coming. Here in, I live in the UK, but here in the UK, you have to understand like American politics have such a like big impact like everywhere. You know, like you yep. might say like, why do those people care? But like whatever happened in America actually reflect whatever happened in the rest of the world as well. Exactly. But the way we see like trump the way people talk about trump like abode is like 
in Europe is like very divided. Some people like him, and mm. most people like you, they don't really like him. But when it comes to mm. black community, as a black person, if you actually kind of support Trump, it's always come across as why? Why do you, as a black person, support Trump? That's mm-hmm. the first question no. actually people say because people, the first people, things people are gonna say like, okay, he's racist. But first of all, yeah. you've been a Democrat before, right? That's what you're yeah. saying. So what yeah. makes you become a, um, a Republican? So like, actually, there was kind of a process, man. I went from yeah. being Democrat to, to uh, independent, then to Republican. In reality, I'm really a, um, I'm really a conservative constitutionalist. Really, that's what I call myself. But the reason why it happened, again, like it was I saw what was happening in the Democrat Party. And the issue was the Marxist language that was being used, not only against anybody that was against Obama or even like stood legislatively against what he stood for. Hmm. They basically were made out to be racist. And that was like something that spread to the media. It spread through even the GOP. And I saw it. And when I noticed it, I said, okay, whatever this dude is selling, it's not really, he's not really being real with what he's talking about. There was an underlying issue. Then the IRS scandal happened. And then just so you know, too, across the water in in Europe, y'all only get one side of the story. And that's being real with you. You guys get a side of the media that will tell you too, you know, that black people are this, or, you know, all white people are that, or Trump's a racist, this, you guys don't get the real story about what's going on, which really sucks because the media here, even in, in uh, not just California, but the United States is completely left-leaning and it's really unfortunate, man. And, and it's, and it's just sucks because people can be deceived by the slightest twist of a finger by these people who have a desire to push a narrative. And that's actually what happened. So I saw, I saw the narrative, you know, when I was younger and I said, yo, this is not what these people are, what these people are pushing is not what I want. And I knew that I'm, I'm about independence, freedom and family and God, man, and I'm straight. I don't need any of the, any of the ideological, uh, ideological uh, shenanigans going on in my life. Yeah, because the thing is, when it comes to Trump, people talk about the way he talked to people, his way mm-hmm. of being disrespectful, the way he actually treat women as well, especially women. Yeah. The comment that you've been no. doing in the past, how do you feel as a person? How do you feel about it? I'm a construction worker, bro. So is he. <laughs> if you, I don't know if you, you know anything about construction, but construction workers and the guy comes from the building industry. That dude speaks just like a construction worker. If you can't handle being in the field with a bunch of dudes who will call you out in a heartbeat, then freaking go back and put your, you know, your diapers on, man, because it's not even, this isn't the time to play. When you're in the field, you deal with people who will eat you alive. And that's actually what happens in the construction field. I've seen dudes almost get killed because they were not ready to deal with individuals that were straight up dudes that did not have a strong masculine energy and they were not able to handle themselves. And when you come to the construction industry, that's exactly the way he talks. That's where I talk. That actually was one of the reasons why I actually connected with the, with the dude because he talks like, like so many other guys who are in the field. He just talks like a regular straight up man. And then if, you know, he doesn't talk around any issues, he doesn't talk under them, he talks straight at them. And then with the women's stuff, I mean, come on, please. Like, these people in the media are going to tell you that they don't talk like that behind the backs of everybody else, like they're freaking some sort of angels? Get over it, dude. <laughs> yeah, I think. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, the hypocrisy is ridiculous, man. Uh, and as a woman, how do you feel about a comment that you made? Through a woman? Yeah, so like, I, have an, I have an opinion about this. <laughs> yeah. So, I, you know, in, in 2016, when everything came out about, you know, grabbing by the pussy, I was triggered. As, as a woman who has been sexually assaulted, I was absolutely triggered. I was part of the Me Too movement. I came out. I was very vocal about it. The reason I chose to walk away in March of 2020 was really because I started to look, like David said, at the hypocrisy and the lack of integrity. The Democratic Party claims to be the party of love, acceptance, diversity, 
unless it comes to diversity of thoughts. And what I continued yeah. to see was that if you thought differently or if you disagreed, you were immediately banned, shunned, and whatnot. And so <laughs> I started to look at, okay, so, so the media portrayed Trump in the certain way in 2016 when it came to that comment that he made, which was a, a comment between two men. It was not, there was no action actually taken behind that comment. And then you look at mm. someone like Joe Biden, who has allegations against him. There's it's silence, silence in the media, yeah. silence from women. The Me Too movement is, is nowhere to be found. And it's just mm -hmm. like, where the hell are you? Where the hell yeah. are you? You know, so that's, that's been my biggest problem is that there are so many other men. There are so many other politicians that have actually taken action um, against women have done really shady shit and it's not being talked about. That's my problem. 100%. Yeah, I think that's kind of right because at the end of the day, as you say, those comments that you made, there's a lot of people that actually use it behind closed door. And if today yep. people have to record everything that we say behind closed door, I feel like we may you cancel like, yourself, man. You know, cancel we, yourself. Gonna, we, we won't even be able to go to come out, you know, like even to, yeah. to work wherever we're actually working. And that's another thing as well. I think when it comes to Joe Biden, I think there's a lot of things that he did in the past as well. But the media yeah. don't really talk about it. That, not no, at all. They don't. And then a part of it, you know, just, you know, what me and Anna connected about too was yeah. me being the person that I was. Let's say here you're looking at a whole different dude, me like 10 years ago. I was a whole different cat, man. I was, I mean, I was that guy saying those types of things. And my whole life changed when I came to faith. And one yeah. of the pieces of it was just how do I interact as a very strong alpha male with women? And am I going to use my, my, my whole persona to get what I want? Or am I here for something different? And that's really where my entire, like everything changed. First, my faith changed uh, and who I believed and understood who Jesus Christ actually was. But also too, if that changed, that means that I changed how I talk. I changed how I think, I changed how I believe, but also changed too how I carry myself in the masculine energy and understanding that that energy is not here to use women, but actually here is to, to protect women and to be the man that a woman would need me to be in a heartbeat. So my wife, like she totally understands what I am. I understand what she is and we totally bond on that, which is really important for even my relationship with Anne too, that I'm not the dude that I used to be, you know what I mean? And that, that and all that stuff changed, even the construction field, Folks know me for not being the dude that cusses. I'm not the guy out there saying all kinds of wild stuff, but I'm just straight up, you know, direct, you know? Yeah, but as a, as a black person, like with everything mm -hmm. happening right now, when we see the way they're killing black people on the street, because here in the UK, we did a lot of march when it comes to, you know, when, when things happen with like Trevor Martin and with like George Floyd as well. The same mm -hmm. energy you guys have in the US here is the same thing. People take the street, people claim, you know, like Black Lives Matter movement, everything. But you as a black person, when you see the brother, being killed on the street and you see like nothing is really happening and the president is not talking about it like in a direct mm -hmm. way because here we feel like you don't really care about black people and then you as a black person trying to turn your back like trying to support him is like turning your back on your people and that that's how we you know that's how the mm -hmm. media actually tell us so what is your take oh, on yeah. that as a black person well, as a black american is yeah Especially black American, man, understanding know the statistics behind it, understanding know that black on black crime, nobody talks about that stuff of BLM. Nobody even wants to get into the whole issues. Why is it that black people are the ones that kill black people? Why is it that only the time that a white cop gets, you know, all this stuff becomes uh, public? It's because it's all used as a media narrative to drive the race issue. That's what all these people have on the Democrat side. They only want to drive people to the polls to make them angry with the issues. Now, the real issues actually do exist. Do black cops, you know, kill white people? Yeah. Yeah. Do black cops kill black people? Do white cops kill black people all the dang time? It happens 
all the time, but the statistics, they do not show what the media pushes as the narrative, that it's something that happens rampantly all the time. There's more white people that are killed by, by cops any day in this freaking year. Seriously, you go back to even 20, uh, 2016, the statistics even show you that the amount of people that were killed by the police, that especially if they were black, was not what people are trying to say and push in the media. It's not what actually is being told. And on top of it, like, you know, if you, like myself, when I come out as a conservative, I come out as a Republican, the first thing that we're called, I, mean, I could tell you all kinds of stuff I've been called by black folks, Mexicans, white people, because I'm so-called a token or I'm, you know, a house, Uncle Tom, whatever, that kind of stuff. The racist terms used by, used by slave masters are the same exact terms that these liberal Democrats use against black people who go against the narrative. Yeah. Those same things happen. And that's the thing that I look at and say, okay, BLM, really, you're all about Black Lives Matter. Even your name is freaking Marxist. You know why it's Marxist? You have to take a choice. It either, it's either you're for it or against it. Either you're for Black Lives Matter and you're not racist or you're, not against, or you're against it and you're a racist. That's the whole way that it was set up. And that's even why it was even formed. When they were out there talking about, you know, um, what they say, they said, uh, what do we want dead cops when we want them now you go back to Dallas what the actual terrorists BLM terrorists actually did in Dallas they were killing people the Trayvon Martin thing they didn't tell you about the grand jury with that they didn't tell you that the actual information that came out with the witnesses about what he actually did mm. and what the reasons why he was even shot I mean come on man you everybody gets only half the story with the media because they need to press the issue they need y'all black folks to be mad as well too at white people the whole thing is set up as Marxism man you have the whites against black and black against white it's always a proletariat versus a bourgeoisie that's the whole issue is because marxism is always an economic thing cultural marxism makes people mad at each other for not being what they're supposed to be according to the narrative does that make sense yeah i think it makes sense but the thing is every time we we bring this topic people always mean mm -hmm. to talk about black on black crime and that's when people actually mm -hmm. get things twisted but the thing about black and black crime is like all race they kill each other, not just black. Because mm -hmm. we yeah. always talk about like black and black crime. He exists. Yes, he exists. But I think like white people, they kill each other as well. But the reason mm -hmm. why we talk more about black and black crime is because we feel like the crime in the black community is, is actually, how can I say, is happening because of the way like the city, the ghetto and the way the, the like the place where black people are living, mm -hmm. the way things are set up, the, the fact that people are kept in the same type of way of living that's the reason why there's a lot of crime because people don't have enough, a lot of opportunity and people live like in a bad condition and that's why many people are saying that that's the reason why black people killing each other a lot because there's less opportunity for black people when it comes to like you know uh, business to school and everything education you know there's less and there is no. like when it comes to parenting as well there's a lot of family like broken family where you have like fathers in jail and things like that and i heard that yeah. in america you have i don't know i forgot the, the percentage but but the like amount of people that you have in jail today in america is crazy when mm -hmm. it comes to black people i forgot the sad statistic but it's like it's a crazy number like of i don't know if you know about it like you know the number of black people in jail right now in america yeah, it's like 60-something percent, man. Yeah, that's oh, what no, I'm saying. Uh, no, no, sorry, uh, some, no, I'm something 30, like... 30 percent, uh, 30, 30, 30, uh, I think it's 31 percent of the population in prison is black, then like 29 is white, I think 20 percent uh, is like uh, Latin or Hispanic. Yes, but the fact that black people are already the minority, when you have this amount of people in jail... Yeah, 12 percent of the population, American population is black. That, that's what I'm saying, and if it's just 12 percent, mm -hmm. if you have this amount of people in jail, you kind of break the the family and then that's the reason why the culture and the people are so broken as well and when yeah, it comes actually, to the justice, actually goes deeper than that and when it comes to the justice system as well the way the justice system is set up the based on what we see when a black person actually 
do something in America or no, when a, when a white cop do something to a black person, mm-hmm. nothing is really happening. But if it's like all the way around, we don't really see the same energy. Like when we see what happened with, um, I think there was another kid, he was on the street. I haven't watched it properly. I don't know if he was in Texas. I think he was, he shoot people on the street and he have his gun and the police came. You know, they grab him, but he haven't been in jail. He haven't been shot or anything. There's another guy mm-hmm. as well. He sh- I think he killed people in church. He was down of the country. And they, ga- they grab him. They went to Burger King, you know, mm-hmm. to have some burgers. And then they bring him to jail or whatever. So this mm-hmm. kind of thing, when people see that, if one is a black person, somebody just driving, they stop you in the car. You don't even have time to express yourself. They just shut you straight away. You can't even talk. Sometimes people don't even have a gun with them. They're mm-hmm. just like, mm-hmm. And this is the kind of picture when people see that and we, like, we just realize how much is a lot of discrimination like the road black people. Right. Okay. And that's, and that's totally understandable because discrimination, racism, it actually exists in the human heart. That's just, I mean, you go to the human heart, that's where it lies. Some people, they don't believe in sin and that's just, you know, you try to legislate. You can't legislate folks to believe certain things about other people. It's just not possible because the human heart, that's where all that stuff comes from. Now, when you go to the issues, let's say, okay, like, let's go back to um, issues about the population, about the black population, how they interact yeah. uh, here in the United States. Okay. So if you go back to any of the deals back in 1960s, where you had what was called the America, the great American society, I think it was called, um, and maybe you can help me out with that, but the whole deal was you remove the black male from the family and you make it, you make the black family that of being a, of a black mother and the children, the black males removed from the home. Well, the issue that you have within the prisons is that most of those guys in prison up to I think 70 something percent, those dudes didn't have a father in the house. So you remove the black man from the house and what happens, you have these wild, wild ass kids that grow up not knowing even authority. So what happens, these black females and even, that's not, not just black folks right now, it's actually gone to every single ethnicity now, is that the entire experiment was used by, through black people for everybody else to get everybody back onto social programs. That's like the whole thing was. But black people were used as the guinea pigs in that. And what yeah. happened was black male was moved, black males were removed from the family. Now, why do you have so many black males actually being shooting each other and that type of thing. Folks try to say that the movements are supposed to be something different with BLM and uh, supposed to be something just specifically against black male and uh, black on black crime. Well, in reality, the whole issue is all tied together. Whether it's black on white, black on Mexican, black on white, or black on black, the whole thing is about the real value of life. If people don't value even what life actually is, then yeah, they're gonna end up killing each other. That happens in Chicago, happens in New York, happens here in you know, Kilicali all these times, all these places. These things actually happen because people don't value life, which comes from the abortion industry. A lot of folks think that this is something that is just like, you know, if you don't value the life that's within you, why do you value the life that's outside? Why would you do that? Well, why would you place abortion clinics within, you know, black neighborhoods? Because you do not value the black person. That actually was something that Margaret Singer actually came up with specifically because she was a freaking Nazi sympathizer and a racist. All these things actually happen to black people. So it's not about, you know, systemic racism, which I think is a freaking convoluted term. It's actually about these people that do not and have a specific idea about what black people are. Now, the opposing issue with this is how do cops and how do white people interact with black folks? Well, if you understand that, even the statistics show that white cops are more hesitant to shoot black people. 
That's why you have less amount of black folks getting shot. Why they have to accentuate when it actually does happen. I think it's like 9% of the cops actually shoot black folks when they have an issue. And that's because of something violent that, that's actually happening. Now there are anomalies out there where the loss of life actually happens. You don't ever degrade that or you never take that truth away, but it actually does happen where people, they make mistakes and folks have, have go through grand juries and they're, they're either acquitted or they're found guilty and they gotta go through the whole process. But the deal is, if the justice system really works, it will work, which is why you have the internal investigations where you have actual cops that go against other cops. Cops haven't been policing themselves for a long time and it actually does work. But if we always wanna believe that every time a white cop shoots a black person, it's something about race, like the George Floyd things, was nothing to do about race, nothing to do about race. The whole thing was about police brutality. That dude, Chauvin, that dude's freaking crooked. And there was issues with him. I think there was 11 other issues with that guy outside of just that one issue with George Floyd. He'd been brought up on charges before and guess who let him off? The Democrat Senator of that state. That's who let him off. So he was never held accountable for that. So the reason why that guy, George Floyd, is actually dead is because somebody didn't hold him accountable from the Democrat Party. Now talk fast, man. I'm like on sugar right now. So, so but my but bad. When, you, when, you watch that, when you watch that video of George Floyd, right? Mm-hmm. What comes yeah. in your mind? Do you think like, what, what is the reason why the cop actually killed him outside? Like, what was that dude's the got freaking, he got evil in his heart, man. That dude, that dude, okay, look up that guy, Chauvin, okay? Look up his past record. He's had police brutality issues, not just with white, with black people. With all types about, of people. What, are you talking about the, like, guy, the cop? The cop, the cop that killed yeah, yeah. George Floyd. He's, yeah. he's, he's out now, right? He's, yeah, he's out right now. Dude he's had out. to leave the state of Minnesota. Yeah, he had to leave because that dude would have freaking got capped. But um, he had, he, there's been police brutality issues with him for years and they let him go. There's a, he's, he's an issue. He just is an issue. So but when now, I see is, that. Is he out? Like, is he free now or is he like, mm, is he out? out like, he's on bail. He's on bail. He's on bail. He's on bail. Yeah, he's on bail. But but what so that, that's what, what that's we don't what I'm saying see, what, is, if there's such a police issue, what we don't see that when it comes to black people, what we there's a lot of black cops, what we don't see black cops doing the same thing. If it's like really like, oh no, you do. do, but we don't see yeah, no video, do. we don't see nothing. Because we, I never, I never, see, narrative. I never see any video of like a black cops actually killing somebody like that. We, there's a lot yeah. of video of white cop doing that, but why there's no video? Because let's say if it's like a police issue, right? Mm-hmm. All the people should post this kind of video as well to kind of show the balance. Like, okay, you know what? What is happening right now? It happened. Nah, both they won't. So what what they we don't won't. have? Because, okay, again, like, again, you have a media that is trying to push the racial narrative. You don't see that type of stuff happening because even though it does happen, it happens actually a lot. Black cops doing that stuff to black people. You, that was one of the things that actually happened in the Rampart District here in, uh, in, in L.A., up in uh, north of me in San Diego, there was, and there was black cops that did that same stuff to black people. You had all the gangbanging violence, you know, Crips and Bloods are tripping on each other and stuff. There was not, it wasn't just white cops that were mad at black, at black people. It was black cops too. Mexican cops as well too. This stuff is something that's just not publicized because it's easier to show white cops into black people than it is easy to show black cops into black folks. It happens all the time, man. But if you don't, see, the thing is, if if you only believe it's happening between white and black, you'll always have the dividing line. And the folks will not push that stuff in the media. You have to understand, like even here in the United States, where you're from as well, there's a narrative that's pushed to push this whole race issue. And that's what's always been happening. It's not just white cops. And if you speak out against the mainstream narrative, you're censored. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. you're censored you're blacklisted Girl. like you can't you can't talk out you can't speak out you can't no then, you can't oh yeah there's a, whole, there's a whole there's a whole apparatus of for that that works against all of us and then Anne, as yourself like i know you support trump as well as a white white, white person so how do you 
deal with all this thing because I know like if you're white, you support Trump, like you come up, you come across as racist. So how do you, how do you communicate with people? Like, how do you, so how do I you do to know? For, yeah, go ahead. Okay. So, so I voted for Obama twice. Um, I also have dated multiple black men. I was married to a black man. I dated you, you a black man. You never use that line because people don't like when people use that line. <laughs> like I have a white <laughs> friend, you know, I date somebody be like, you know, it does. Cause people say, if you actually, it's not because you're dating somebody, you're doing something. I mean, you know, you know, racist. That's why I, be, I mean, a lot of people do that. So yeah, no, I hear, I hear that, but that's also my truth. Like that's mm. also, that's part of my story. That's Experience. part of my history. Yeah, I've yeah. also, I've also been sexually assaulted by a black man. So I have, I have experience mm. with, you know, with, with a variety of, of experiences with black men. I've had positive experiences. I've had negative experiences. I voted for Obama. Um, the thing that the way that I see it, and I told you that, you know, I come at this from more of a spiritual energetic perspective. My background is all, also in early childhood education. When I was in Gainesville, I taught in a primarily black school. It was like 99% African-American. And so I, I was in that culture for about four years. And what I see is victim mentality. What I see is lack of empowerment. And um, I, you know, what I noticed when I was a teacher was that there was this entire underlying narrative of, of, of ultimately speaking down to children and ultimately telling them that this is just kind of what they have been brought into. This is how they were raised and that life is going to be harder for them. The problem is that when you have the subconscious mind that is, is forms between the ages of zero to seven, if you tell a child, because I taught early childhood, if you basically put it in a child's mind, especially in between the ages of zero to seven, that their life is going to be harder, that creates mm -hmm. a limiting belief. And then that limiting yeah. belief gets perpetuated down the road. And so what's happening is so many seeds are planted, specifically in the Black community, in those, in those primary years. And then it's perpetuated through the media. It's perpetuated through family. It's perpetuated through just no normal society. You know, your life is hard. Your life is hard. Your life is hard. Mm -hmm. You'll never be able to get out of this. It's the white person bringing you down. And then, and now what's happening as a white person is that there's this whole movement for anti-racism. Well, for, from an energetic perspective, anti-anything perpetuates that thing because you're putting all of your energy into whatever that thing is. So anti-racism actually creates more racism energetically. Um, on top of all of that, then you have like white people are, are expected right now to experience shame, to experience guilt. The, the white children, again, going back to the subconscious mind, young white children are being taught that they are bad people because of the color of their skin, which is going to perpetuate anger, hate, and, and more of that racial divide as those young children grow up. So we have a really big problem right now when you look at the early childhood aspect that we're not even going to see the actual outcome, it, mm -hmm. outcome of it for another 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. And that's what I'm mostly concerned about is what, what are the children actually absorbing right now? Because that's the direction that the country is going to head. I think that's yep. how it's going to affect white kids. I think when you think about black kids, it's going to affect them as well because when you keep watching on TV, as I said to you guys, the only picture that we see is a white 
cops actually killing a black person and those kids yeah. are saying that all the time is like on the news like every two three years we will have like a big march happening around the world we have a black guy being killed you know like losing a kid losing the father so this kind of picture gonna stay in the kid's mind and they're always gonna see cops especially white cops as the enemy or for an extreme level they're gonna see like white people as well as you know as an enemy for some people they want to get you know to that's the goal level. man that's the goal yeah, but you today, like, do you, what? What make you feel like Trump is the right person to black people, for the black community today? What What make you, what, what make you feel that way? Yes, he has a history yes, of it. You, yeah, yeah. David, you can, you, David, yeah, you can yes. probably, yeah, yeah. David, <laughs> yeah. David, yeah, that, that, that's for you, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, I mean, let me. Okay, let's let's just let's just talk the basics, okay? Yeah. In 2016, I was already gone from the Democrat Party, and I knew that Hillary Clinton was super crooked. But I didn't know just, I just knew that, I knew that Clintons were crooked. I knew that they had all types of issues behind closed doors. And I was like, there's no way I'm voting for this lady. She's freaking nuts, man. I'm, I'm straight. And I didn't want anything to do with that. I don't want my vote going that way either. And I had left the party as well. Well, when I started listening to Trump, I mean, he wasn't really my first pick. I can, my first pick actually was Ben Carson and then Ted Cruz. And I was like, ah, oh, okay, so Trump is freaking, I mean, he's laying it down. He's being straight. He's really coming at these guys, you know, the same way that, I mean, the, really the way that it needs to be going, to go down. And he's, you know, he lasted. And he, he was the only one that would have lasted against Hillary Clinton. And yeah. I said, okay, all right, this is the guy that's going to be this guy. So me and my wife, we both are like, well, let's just see what happens. There was no way we were voting for a third party. There was no way we were voting for a Democrat at all because we saw something wrong with the secession of power, the accession of power to you know, go from Obama now to Clinton. <laughs> and so when Trump came, you know, became the president, then it was like, okay, let's see if this dude's going to really do what he says. If he's, he listed this entire agenda out, let's see what's up. And so what I saw, because again, I'm a construction guy, yeah. he would say something, the next thing he would do was what his agenda actually was. And that was what tripped me out. He actually was following through on his agenda. He would say some wild, I mean, let's be real, he says some wild ass crap sometimes. Mm. But the real deal is, is he following through on what he actually said he was going to do? And not only did, was he doing that, he was doing it to like a massive level. The dude that, I mean, it's, it's almost genius. He'll say something crazy to get everybody looking this way while he's doing something over here on this side that he said he was going to do. And I find that to be one, not only of a great integrity, but I also find too that it's like, you know, all the politicians, they sound, Obama sounded real good. That dude didn't do freaking nothing. I mean, for everything that he was supposed to be as a black person, the first black president, the first place you'd think he would go to is his home city in Chicago and actually help out. Chicago's Oh, he jacked about up it, Chicago. Dude, I was living up. in Chicago. I, I yeah. lost my job. <laughs> dude, like this dude was people are saying, nuts, People are man. saying, I have a friend, people are telling me like, um, the reason why Obama didn't actually make things happen because they didn't give him an opportunity every time he was trying to think things and then think it was like the, con the parliament, the Congress was always, you no. know, blocked no. everything that he was trying to do. Yeah, because you know why? His, his policies were super not popular. I mean, they basically had to pass the Obamacare, the whole initiative passes a tax to the Supreme Court. Nobody won Obamacare. I think Ejected the Obamacare is, is, is the biggest thing because like even here in the UK, people always praised Obamacare. Oh, yeah. You know, in America, yeah. we didn't have yeah, anything. Yeah, ask the people, ask the people so, that actually got their, their freaking so bills. So how does it really work? How does it really work, the Obamacare? 
Oh man, brother, everybody's freaking bills went through the roof. We, me and my wife, we had an issue back in 2015 where we were in Hawaii and we had a, a medical issue. I was still getting bills almost two years later from this hospital because the medical insurance wasn't covering what we actually had. And why? Because, you know, you get to keep your doctor, keep your plan. That's a freaking lie. I do straight lied to us as American people and said that we would have better health care. It would go down by some such a percent. When the whole thing was a farce, it was a lie to introduce to us nationalized, socialized healthcare. That's the first thing you need to do if you're a socialist. And that's actually what we realized what it was. The whole thing was passed as a tax because John Roberts was allowing it to be a tax to the Supreme Court. The whole thing was a freaking farce, man. But and that's he, what, and that's, again. Is, Trump, so that's actually, all, is Trump offer, offering something better than that? Why is he yeah. offering? You know, okay, so, so yeah. there's a guy, okay, there's a dude. Um, his whole plan basically is, first off, you got to remove the entire... Uh, the, the Obama healthcare, uh, the initiatives, you have to basically kind of break it down solo, right? Well, the next piece of it is how do you get people to get their own healthcare on their own without there being some kind of crazy bills that we all, that everybody always gets from medical healthcare. So there's this guy, you can look him up called Josh Umber. Okay. Josh Umber. This dude actually has a whole plan where it's the med your medical, like uh, all your pills, the mess is super cheap. Your visits, super cheap, like five bucks, 10 bucks. You even go to, even if you have a, you get a catastrophic plan, if you get a cancer or something like that, this dude is actually talking about it being very cheap for everybody else in here in the United States. It's like, why not have a plan like that for every single person that can choose on their own without this being some blanket plan for everybody else because they got to cover all these other things. Like, you know, like, like the whole abortion thing, it's like, no, man, I'm not trying to pay for that. I'm not, that's, that's not my thing. And that was a part of the, the Obamacare initiative. We got to pay for these things that I don't believe in. Like, and people have a right to do whatever they want to do with their body, but I got a right to do what I want to do with my damn money. And somebody has to yep. tell me I'm going to do it with my own money. Okay. And I'm not down with that. And that's what the whole thing was. He was going after churches. He went after um, any type of Johns Hopkins, any type of St. Jude Hospital. You are mandated to perform abortions because that's what the Obamacare uh, mandate says. So we have to abide by it. Again, socialized health care. Y'all come from over from the UK, from Canada, from Mexico to come to the United States to get your health care done here. Y'all don't do it there. If you got money, come over here. That's why. Because you get better health care here. And there's a big problem in the U.S. specifically with people not taking responsibility of their own health, right? Yeah, and, mm -hmm. so, and so I personally have a problem with it because I, in 2014, I completely like overhauled my entire health and it was like I, I made it a point that I was going to take care of myself through exercise, through eating right, through sleeping, through meditation, and I choose to, like I don't even take Advil. It's like, if I have a headache, my body is telling me something. So I listen to my body and I, and I, and I listen to that, right? I haven't been to a doctor. I don't get medical procedures because I fully believe that if we treat our body correctly, our body knows how to heal itself. Now, if someone else chooses that they don't want to live their life that way, that's fine. Like mm -hmm. David said, you have the right to put in your body, whatever you want to put in your body. But I also don't want to pay for it. I don't want don't to pay, pay for, for someone it. else smoking. I don't want to pay for stuff because I've quit all these things. I used to be an alcoholic. I used to smoke. I used to do drugs. I used to do all that. And then I decided that I wanted to have a higher quality of life. That was a choice that I made. And that, that's a whole other rant that I could go off on. But yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you're, if you're going to eat, eat cheeseburgers every day, you're going to take care of yourself. You're going to have issues. 
You're going to be a diabetic. You're going to have high blood pressure. I basically, my family, we got high blood pressure in my family. I eat oatmeal every, my my wife thinks I'm freaking nuts, but I eat oatmeal every day. I exercise about five, four, five, seriously, bro. Like for black folks, high blood pressure and and diabetes, it runs all rampant, dude. So you got to take care of yourself. But if you don't want to do that, if you like, you know, like me, I used to be on hella drugs and I stop all that mess too. It's like, dude, you, you want to kill yourself? You have the full option of killing yourself. I ain't trying to do all that. I'm here for a reason. So yeah. I'm not trying to but, be that you, dude. You know, when it comes to like Trump, because I know like <laughs> people always say, okay, what, okay, what did Trump do for black people since he become, because people always say a lot, like, like Trump did a lot of things. But every time I talk to non-Trump supporters, they always tell me like what Trump is doing right now is what Obama actually set up. He actually set up everything. And now he just like kind of, you know, making the most of whatever the person was behind me, you know, before him actually did. So do you agree with that? Or do you feel like there's a, there's a, like a real fact of thing that he actually Trump did for, for black people? Oh, specifically, man, the economy. Okay. So now, now, now people always go, Oh, that's not what I said. I mean, the economy is more like, let me, let me, let me break specific, it down for you. Okay. Yeah. yeah, no, actually it's very specific because for black economics actually increase at this period of time, in a short period of time, in just three years, that means you're giving black people the, the ability to actually own their own businesses, to carry their own money back home, and to, pay, and to pay less taxes. You give black people the ability to actually become what they dreamed of, besides falling in line with everybody else and what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be gangsters, supposed to be, you know, dudes hanging on the street, all that other crap. We're not supposed to do that, okay? Black people, when they give an opportunity, they actually shine and they're actually mentored in doing that. Do you see all kinds of things happen in society that will be positive? Because you, because understand, like, as a black person, I understand what my actual real influence is as a black dude. You understand that too, okay? That we carry a lot of weight with us because of what we look like for some odd reason. And yeah. folks follow behind. And if you have black folks who know the freedom that they have, I mean, think about the drug dealers, okay? <laughs> I freaking used to nickel and dime. That's all capitalism, right? Capitalism, okay? You're selling your drug. You got a product. People want it. I just, you know, looking nickel and dime some weed and ecstasy and stuff like that. It's like, if you got a good product, folks are going to want it. If you yeah. actually have a business that people, like, people like, like your business, they're going to visit your business. If you give a good product out, people are going to keep coming back. Now, I don't do this stuff no more with drugs, yeah. but I have my own, I'm working on my own business. The economy actually matters so much because black people need to see and feel that they have an opportunity to actually rise up in that. And that's actually what happened here. That's a big, big deal, man. But in, Besides in, all the HSBC stuff and all the even- expect expect the economy in terms of because people I know people always talk about economy. They're gonna say like you know it's global. Everybody gonna it's gonna help everybody. But like, what is like the policy? Something that he actually made for because the minority black people are the one being treated unfairly, you know, compared to other other people. So, what is he actually Trump doing, especially for black people today? For a black person to say, you know what? Yeah, this is what he's doing for us, especially. Okay, so even forming your own business, okay? So having initiatives, I think it was, uh, what's his name? Um, out of Tim Scott, okay? Yeah. Tim Scott, the, uh, what's that? The, uh, the freaking zones. What are those zones called again, man? The uh, opportunity know. zones. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I, like, I think hella fast. I think super fast. I got to kind of catch myself sometimes. Yeah. But opportunity zones. You give black folks a place to go where they actually can build their own businesses. That's the first thing. 
an opportunity zone, an individual can, as a black person, they can go to this place and say, I'm a black person. Maybe I can get a loan. Maybe I can get something to help me out from the government to work, help me actually form my own business. That's one thing that actually Trump actually did. Even just even the HB, uh, historically black colleges and them giving the money too to help black people in college to stay actually in college to get funded from our government. Those are just two small things. But it's a big deal, man. Like, and, and for people to flippantly think that it's not something that we can just talk about as being a global thing. No, man. It's, and, and this is what's so, so interesting to me is that even if something like, I'll, I'll say the economy, even if you go to the economy, specifically this economy for black folks, oh, you can just gloss that over. Oh, that's not really a big deal. It's always an easy thing and uh, an easy move to diminish what actually happens when black folks are able to rise up. Oh, give me another example. Get, show me something else over here. No, I'm going to keep your butt right here on the economy because I know personally when I had my own business and I knew that I'd, I have the opportunity to actually right, rise up in it, I could do my best in this. And people need to understand if you gloss over black folks being able to have and form their own destinies, what you're doing is you diminish the black person's ability to be that person they were created to be. I'm over that crap and I'm over people trying to tell me, oh, well, look, let's look over here or something else. No, I'm going to stay right there because right there is where it actually matters because everybody wants to you know, drive a nice car, but wants a nice house. But a black person that wants it with a good economy, oh, let's, let's go to somewhere else. I'm over all that. It's not, it doesn't make any sense. And I can tell you as an entrepreneur, when you, when you decide to be an entrepreneur, your entire life changes. You see the world mm -hmm. through a completely different lens. So giving a black person the opportunity, <laughs> yeah, well, and giving, giving a, a black person an opportunity to really own their own business, it's like, it's like giving a free ride to school, to, you know, to an education, because at the moment that you decide to be an entrepreneur, you get a completely different level of education. You immediately become a problem solver. You, you mm -hmm. rise up personally your mindset changes your self-image changes like that's what's happened for me over the last six and a half years of being an entrepreneur because I was in Chicago there were 50 school closures I lost my job thank you Ron Manuel Obama's right-hand man right and so when when I lost my job like like am I am I a white person absolutely do I have a master's degree absolutely I have of course opportunities that maybe a black person doesn't have they don't necessarily have those accolades however I still had the choice do I want to become a victim and sit on my couch and cry forever and and woe is me and I did for a hot minute right however I tried I tried to reapply for my job. I tried to get back in the classroom and I couldn't get back in the classroom because I was too expensive. I had seven years teaching experience and I had a master's degree. And all of a sudden those things worked against me and they wouldn't hire me back. So it didn't matter that I had education. It didn't matter that I had, um, it didn't matter that I had experience. It didn't matter that I was a white person. None of that shit mattered. I couldn't get hired. So at that point I had to decide this door has been closed. Now, what am I going to do? And I decided I, I first became a nanny. And then when I was a nanny, I was like, that's not my calling. I'm not going to retire as a nanny. So then I made a choice. I no longer want anyone to tell me whether or not I have a job and how much money I can make. And when I made that decision, when I boldly claimed that my entire life changed. And so for a, for a black person to understand that they have the exact same opportunity in America, your entire life can change once you claim that for yourself. Yeah, that's but, why people and that's why people come here, man. Yeah. Folks immigrate here. Like we 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 take in so many folks from all yeah, over but the, the thing world. Is, what I realize is people come from in America, people mm -hmm. like even black America, like a black person can come from another country, from a UK, mm -hmm. from Africa. When they come to America, they see the opportunity, they make it in America. 
it's easier for a person who is not born in America to come in America and to make it happen because we see the opportunity for, for, for people who are from mm-hmm. America, especially the black people who are born in America, mm-hmm. they find it hard for themselves. But I think it's because yeah, do you know why? the way the system is, was built. Because they're brainwashed. <laughs> no, no, I no, mean, no, for man. me, the no, way I no. see the way I see it, right, is because the way the, the, the way the system was built, it wasn't built to kind of help them to succeed. And the thing no, is, no. when we talk about, when we talk about, <laughs> wait, wait, <laughs> when we talk about all happening, like prison reform, you know, like people, like discrimination, everything, it kind of like, it affects people mentality. You can see the opportunity around, but you don't really gonna, you, you don't, you don't see what is around you because you are being like, uh, is a, a lot of things happen, you know, people mind, people have like a mental breakdown because of all the killing, the shooting, and all these things happening around. And that's the reason why they are broken. That's the reason why. Oh, yeah, they're definitely broken. Yeah, they're broken. Well, they're definitely yeah. broken. broken the broken, yeah, they are, they, are, they are broken. They don't believe in the system. They don't believe in anybody. They're just like, and it's not their fault at the same time. Well, they, well, you understand that like, what you're talking about. Okay, now you want to get into system, like, okay, I'm, I'll give you a term, systemic racism, okay? I'm, 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 yeah. I'll talk about this, okay? All right, go. The systemic racism was easily and easily proven by the legislation that has been pushed against black people by the Democrats and Liberal Party. From the 1994 crime bill to all this mess happened with liberals wanting to break apart the black family. These things are systemically racist in that they were built to keep the black person down by individuals who knew where they came from politically. So that wasn't about GOP, wasn't about Republicans. Republicans actually were formed to break slaves, to break the entire slave system down in the South. So you have this, this idea that if you have black people that are always going to be feeding off of the government, then you have an entire voting base to keep them always down as slaves. So that's where the systemic racism actually comes from. That's actually what it really is. It's not about, you know, people thinking that, you know, that they are, you know, discriminated against by racists. No, it's a system that's actually built there to push the agenda of victimhood through black people. That's what it comes from, man. And so when you like, so, so, so when you have, when you have folks that come from other countries, they understand what the opportunity actually is Mm. because, because they see it. But inside of the system, like people like myself, if I'm thinking one way politically, like, oh, yeah, yeah I'm, I think you have I'm, to, think, out gonna, of, you have to gonna... think outside the box to be yeah. able to make it. Yeah. But Absolutely. you understand what that box actually is. Mm. That box is to keep people in the system that keeps them subservient to the government and on the government's freaking nipples, dude. That's all it is. And, and, that, uh, and the yeah. best way to do that is to keep black people down. That's actually what these folks have been doing, which is the reason why I broke away from the party. It's like, you guys aren't here for me. You actually are just trying to use me every two years and every four years because you know that you own my vote. 90%, 95% of black folks are going to vote Democrat, not realizing that the folks who are the elite, whether it be elite blacks or elite whites, are using black people, the, all the little people down below, to get what they want, which is a vote. Yeah, but the thing is, what I see in America now is what I feel like black people feel like they are forced to vote for Democrat. I think they kind of feel guilty to not actually vote for them. Because there's black the people that, where, will, that, will, that will basically talk all them all kinds of names. Yeah, I think and the they part, actually get what I get, which yeah. is you get almost like, like strong-armed into it. You need to, you do this or I'm going to come and I'm going to dox you. I'm going to come at you. I'm going to attack you. You attack your family. Folks actually are scared of coming out as a Democrat or coming out as a, as a Republican or GOP or conservative because it actually became dangerous. It's there's like a lot a slave to lose actually for them. There's a lot of to lose. Yeah, it's, there's a if lot artist, to do, bro. An artist, See, if, if you come out on the TV the, say I'm becoming If the Democrats breaking, lose, lose, if the Democrats lose minority vote, bro, they're done. They actually are done. This is why they have to keep hold of every single black person that actually has a voice. Because if they keep those black folks that have a voice 
in their in the you know in their position that's pushed down where they're always you know subservient to this ideology this democrat ideology well then they can keep their power but if you have black folks that speak out like my there's hella people that are doing it right now because they got yeah, a little I bit think, more balls I think these are changing now a little bit i think people no, they're, they're big time to change. a lot big they're changing time. a big lot time. yeah and you guys are and the good thing is you won't know that over there you won't see that there's a lot of black folks over here that are like yeah no but people I see still what's feel on. like they, they don't want to you know like they kind of feel scared as well because like now with the election the crazy thing is when you see joe biden right whatever you want if like a normal person see the guy the way you react even like if he's fit to be a president he can clearly see like i don't believe it. like he's very fit to be a president but no, people still you see you say a lot of people a lot of things against black people in the past you know like being yeah. racist as well mm-hmm. but the media don't talk about it Nope. nope. They sure do not. Black people know about it as well. Every time I have a conversation with a black person about it, I'm like, look, this is what Joe Biden said. They always say like, yo, yes, but Trump have to go first and we're going to talk about it later. I was like, yeah, no. There's like this double standard. Um, there's another thing I wanted to add because this is very important because I have somebody actually, because I said somebody I was going to talk to you because you're a pastor as well. And somebody asked me, how can you support a president that pretend to be a Christian? To win votes, <laughs> but you know, okay, so and and that president has to have he doesn't believe in faith and doesn't know nothing about the Bible because he didn't remember a verse or anything like that. So you as a Christian, not just a Christian, but as a pastor, so right. You so as, again, yeah. like so 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 the folks who will say that yeah. first off, is that person that's saying that a Christian? Yes, yeah, she's a Christian. Yes. So that person that's saying that's a Christian, they they obviously don't even understand what even the person's faith walk actually looks like. When I'm in 2007, I was calling myself a Christian, but I was still freaking looking at porn. I was still going to the strip club, but I was calling myself a Christian. People walk out their entire faith, understanding who Jesus Christ actually is. And then as they walk through that whole, that whole ordeal, they realize that there's things that they got to give up. It's, there's mm-hmm. things in the reconciliation that happened from Second Corinthians chapter 5, yeah. that you no longer think of yourself the way that you thought of yourself before. It's no longer an earthly way. Now you think of the way that Christ looks at you. So to, for a person that's going to look at him and say, I'm going to judge your faith by my standard, I think Paul says something about that even in 2 Timothy or 1 Timothy, right? That folks out there will be trying to judge another person by their own standard. Actually, 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 12, they judge people and others by their own standard. So is that, is that even right to do so? No, it's not right. And that's not even fair. But if yeah. you do that, understand that you'll be judged by the same standard. But myself as a pastor, I have the right to look at anybody from even, even like with Joe Biden, okay? Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi, they both say that they are Catholics. But they, but they affirm the abortion industry. They also affirm killing babies even if they're born. Okay, so it's still abortion. Can I call them bad Catholics for that? I sure can. But what I'm going to do? No, I'm going to leave that up to God. Well, that's going to try to judge them that way. That's not fair. Because I don't know what their personal relationship is like with Jesus Christ. They will be judged by God when they pass away. That's the true, truest fact ever. But for me to look at them and try to say, like, you know, you're a bad this or bad that, that's not fair, even in my own faith. Because they're saying, based on the comment that you actually made, like, he, he used, like, you know, because Trump, when he speak, he actually used, like, some strong language when he say things mm-hmm. about, uh, when he was making fun of, like, a disabled person, you know, when he no, was, that, was that's not a true. That was, that that's not, not even true. <laughs> that, that did not happen. Dude, <laughs> for, for, first off, first off, y'all, again, 
You guys it, get twisted freaking media, do that? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh. It was a clip. Oh, it was so a terrible. clip. It was a clip that was I'm, twisted. I'm trying to be to partial create... because I don't want people to... <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, go ahead. Was, no, I get it. I get it. it. Yeah. But it was a clip, and this happens all the time. And this is actually when I started looking into things in March because I, I felt the same way. I was like, I only looked at what the media was saying. And I was like, you know what? Let me look for myself. So I started watching all of his briefings from beginning to end. I started actually like going to you know his interviews and listening to the full interview and i'm telling you the full interview based on the interview versus what was put in the headline and the the quotes that they would use it's not that trump didn't say a certain thing at a certain time but they would take the quote and completely misconstrue it and i'm like that's not even what he was saying like they right. they take something completely out of context and then they create this entire thing so the the clip of the of the disabled thing like i don't remember all the specifics in this moment but i went back and i watched the whole thing and that's not actually like it that's not what happened so even the thing about him about yeah. him supporting white supremacists and stuff like that and the the really good They're people on both sides. They're still claiming that shit, they which freaking, is dude, it's nuts. It's ridiculous. There's an entire like the next sentence he says, and I, you know, I disavow white supremacy. I disavow the KKK. I yeah, disavow I mean. freaking David Duke. It's like, okay, so you use that one small clip. It's like using people using Bible verses out of context. But what do you, you can't just take a Bible verse and make it with me mean what you want to say. Yeah, you know, it's but, like, what are you talking about, You know, dude? people like, you know, racist, like, because we know, like, there's a racist as well. Like, racist people, yeah. why, why do you think they feel more, like, they feel more like, um, how can I say, the connection with Trump, you know, like, since Trump has been in power, they feel like they are more empowered. <laughs> That's 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 what yeah. the media. So that's what we see. So that's what the, so and the media every, says. And most of them as well, you know, they support like the MAGA movement, right? They always like no, know, they're, no, they're like they one of the big Trump support. You you want to say that doesn't happen? Yeah, because we see no, that no, everywhere. No. So, so, think, so, yeah. so 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 you so what you'll see is you'll see the folks. First off, they already aligned the Republican Party with white nationalists and racists and all that. So every time a Republican gets in office, they got to disavow KKK skinheads and all that other stuff. Okay. Now, what you don't understand is KKK was a Democrat Party and the monster. Okay. There was a, the militia for the KKK in the 1800s and worked all the way up into now. They, even Joe Biden was given a freaking eulogy for a KKK freaking grand wizard. Okay, these guys, and even so, yeah, I, Clinton, I, I saw that picture. You know what I'm saying? It's like, dude, like, mm -hmm. like, okay, these guys, they've been in line to this stuff forever. Now, if you know what a Nazi actually is, what's the National Socialist Party? These are freaking Nazis. Okay, the Nazis were the dang socialists. Mm. That's not a freaking right leaning thing. That's a freaking left leaning thing. And even that, you want to go communist, you can go even there too as well. But at the whole thing, you always, they always, the media always aligns white people who are in power, if they're Republican, with white supremacy and KKK. That's what we always do. So now, the, and then the whole, uh, the, this misnomer about, well, white supremacists always align with the Republicans' GOPs. That's not true. Even one of those skinhead freaking, uh, one of their freaking grand nut job people, they're like, <laughs> yeah, we, we, actually want, we actually want the liberal agenda because they actually are liberally minded. They want anarchy. This is why you have those things happening in all these riots. You had a bunch of some white supremacists that were up in there that were mm -hmm. mixing in because they were using it as an opportunity to cause chaos. They only want chaos. This is why you have the race issue. They keep pushing the race issue because they're looking for a race war. <laughs> okay. It's like you add up one and one equals two. It's like because they, they have nothing else to go issue. on. Nothing else to go on at all. They only can go to the race issue. And that's what these people who have that inside of them, that's what they want. That's what they've always wanted. And now they have opportunity right now because Antifa and freaking BLM, that's what they're all about. They're basically, basically useful idiots. That's all it yeah. is. Yeah, but but the thing is, as a Christian, right? Because we know, like, mm -hmm. when it comes to Trump, there's a lot of people that actually that support Trump because they're Christian as well. 
So, because you know how to, people are saying like he's using religion a lot, like using like Christianity. Last time we saw him like holding the Bible, people saying like, yeah, you hold the Bible like upside down, you don't even know the verse in the Bible. And the comment that she, she actually was telling me as well, she said something like, uh, let me just read it to you. Uh, what did you say? What, what Trump do actually is against Jesus is just because he promised to protect people, right, to be homophobic and to control women, you know. That, yeah. That's the reason why many Christians actually... He's not homophobic. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, isn't Richard Grinnell gay, dude? <laughs> Trump, Trump is the first like, pro-gay president who walked into office pro-gay. He also walked into the office being the one of the first people come out in the beginning, way before uh, Prop 8 back in the 2000s talking about gays should be able to get married. I mean, come on, man. And even being sexist, dudes had more women but in top positions but, but, but in the government during than anybody Trump else's presidency, had. It doesn't push like the LGBTQ, you know, many things because I know that yeah, because he's of... pushing freedom for everybody. Yeah. He's pushing basically, I mean, if you, so, so this is, so everybody that wants to go into this intersectionality crap, what they're basically doing is, well, if you're not abiding by my thing here, then you, I'm going to negate you for everything else. Well, what actually this guy's doing is he's allowing us to make our own decisions. He's not trying to push an agenda. He's not yeah. trying to push all this social engineering crap. And that's actually what happened. Black I think politics. everybody should no, believe whatever they want to believe. I think that's the dude. Point. Everybody should stand it completely for whatever is. they believe. If you want to, okay, be, bro. Yeah. They, like even go biblically, okay? Uh, you can go to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 28, 29 and thirty. It is a choice. You choose life or death. Individuals get to choose their life. They get to choose what they want to do in their liberty. But if somebody wants to force an agenda, they want to force the ideas down in a society's uh, throat, then what they're doing is they're taking away people's freedom to make the choices on their own. That's not right. So if you want to be about this LGBTQ, you know, the, whatever you want to do with that, that's completely your choice. It's completely your choice. And that's actually what Trump has actually allowed. People to make their own decisions. But, like, you know, you want to go Obama or Biden or, you know, Kamala Goofball Harris – they want to push that thing because it is so easy to divide folks up on the identity politics. That's all they have to divide folks up. I want to talk to your specific issue here and I want to make sure that you know that I'm with you on this and I'm going to use that against somebody else because obviously, because if you're not talking about this thing, your, your intersectionality, all of a sudden you're a racist or a bigot. Forget about it, man. Yeah. But I think, I think as a Christian, I think people feel like Christian, like even today, they feel like they have a voice since Trump have been in power. You know, they feel like they have a voice, like, like, not just about, as you say, like, it's giving like people, everybody a choice to express themselves, to stand mm -hmm. for whatever they actually stand for. That's, that's the reason why you think, why do you think a lot of Christians actually uh, voting for Trump? Like, why do you, why is that for? Well, you have an issue right now within the black churches, well, actually within church period, which is called black liberation theology and liberation theology and uh, um, critical race theory. There's these ideas of all this, you know, um, uh, identity politics pushed into the pulpits. So you have an actual split right now happening in the church. So there's people who are abiding by biblical doctrine that look at it and say, no, I understand what Jesus Christ actually did. You choose life. You choose me. John chapter eight. You know, you just be, you, just, you choose me. I am the, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Now, God always gives people that same choice. Now, the same exact thing happens when folks decide if they're a Christian that they're going to abide by these same rules and these same ideology, the same ideas when they go to the polls. So a lot of Christians understand that what's happening within the churches here is actually wrong. When these people try to push these black versus white or economics and this and that, they understand what this whole thing has been pushed as a, as a, as a false teaching. 
So it's not something that all Christians are that way because there's some heresies happening within the church in the American church right now. You understand that too, man. And if, if you can, anybody else out there that's looking at this stuff or watching, please look up Black Liberation Theology, James Cone, Liberation Theology, and, and Critical Race Theory. If you don't know those things, you won't know how the Black church is actually using these ideologies to push race issues into the pulpit. But when it comes to abortion, is the same thing as well? Because now I think churches are kind of divided as well when it comes to abortion as well. Same people, they, they kind of support him because of that. And same people, they're saying like women should do whatever they want to do. So, so, they, so you, you, know, you go so, no, into the, the abortion issue. It's actually quite simple. The abortion issue is very simple, okay? Um, individuals want to use the abortion, the abortion cry to again, divide folks up on identity, which is basically their femininity or them, you know, whether they're women, they have a choice in their body. That's the easiest thing they can actually do. It's a battle cry to get people mad at one another about the abortion deal. But how do you look at a person? When does a person actually get their personhood? Is it when they're a zygote or they're a ball of tissue or whatever? Well, let's talk about it, okay? If you go to, to Planned Parenthood, giving their condolences to Chrissy Teigen about their baby that was inside of her womb, all of a sudden, that's a baby. Why? Because it was a wanted baby. It wasn't the wanted baby. It was when folks go to the you know, Planned Parenthood clinics that are placed within black neighborhoods. No, it's a whole, totally something different when it's a wanted baby, which goes back into personal responsibility. So all that stuff goes right into what really is the issue. Do people make the decisions based off of the truth that you don't use, a, you know, what do they call it, ultrasound? You don't use the ultrasound on, in, a, in abortion clinics because you actually hear a human heartbeat you actually see a human in the fetal position in somebody, inside of somebody's womb. Those things aren't used in abortion clinics. They actually had legislation here via Planned Parenthood to keep those, those tools out of their clinics because they didn't want the girls looking at their little babies. They didn't want that. That's the truth about it. Folks don't want to have personal responsibility for their sex. Folks want to have free sex and do whatever they want. That's some 60s crap that came right through our generation. That's what, that's what the abortion industry actually is. That's what the abortion industry, the, the issue is. And what, what is your take? Well, I want to go back to the Christianity piece because yeah, I have on. a really strong opinion about, about that. <laughs> so Thank you, Daisy. That was really helpful. <laughs> <laughs> I, grew up, I grew up in the church. My dad's a retired minister. And so I, I grew up a Christian, but I, I rejected all religion. I rejected all spirituality until I hit rock bottom and I entered into my dark night of the soul and my spiritual awakening in 2016, right around the time that Trump was elected. Interesting timing. <laughs> and so... As I was going on my own spiritual awakening, I left Chicago. I became an intuitive nomad. Like I sold all of my shit and, and lived my life for three years solely based off of my intuition. And I know it's a crazy story. Solely based off of my intuition and, and also really fully surrendering my life to, to God. Like I got to this point. It was like nothing else in my life is working. I am unhappy. I have no self-love. My relationships keep falling apart. And so let me lean on this thing, right? Whatever this power is. And I started to, I really started to cultivate my own personal relationship with God. I started to really look at Jesus's teachings. I started to really align with Moses's story. I did not consider myself to be a Christian, However, I was really intrigued by how do these stories, how do these historical figures, how does this energy actually improve my life? And so over the next three years, I cultivated this level of unconditional faith that I would challenge almost any Christian out there. I mean, yeah. like most Christians do not actually 
walk the talk. And mm-hmm. so I, and so I started to also notice that again, my lack of integrity is a really big issue for me. I really have a problem with people who say one thing and act another way. Like just, you know, if, if you don't want to act that way, then don't say that that's who you are. And so I, again, like leaned into this level of faith and I was getting a lot of pushback from people in my life because things were not easy in my life. I was hitting rock bottom. I didn't have money. My business wasn't working out, but I kept saying, God is telling me to do this thing. God is telling me to still be on the road. God is telling me to follow this path. And I don't have any logical reason for it, but God is telling me to do it. And it was interesting how many Christians wanted to question whether or not I was actually on the right path. And I'm like, faith is faith. Like you either have faith or you don't, you don't have faith when life is going well and then don't have faith when life is, you know, gone to shit. Like you either, you choose to have faith or you don't. And so when it comes to, you know, whether or not Trump is a Christian and whether or not Trump knows, knows the Bible, I don't know the Bible. I just started reading it and I grew up in the church, but knowing the Bible doesn't mean that you actually live your life in any kind of, you know, faith-based anything so that's my personal opinion they're expecting actually uh they're expecting trump to be like perfect christian to to not even like i mean for them he's like he's not even allowed to talk about god Obama wasn't a christian but when he talked about wasn't a christian biden's not a christian like there it's the same thing it's a double standard one person and that's what i don't understand why they put one oppression one person and yeah So I just want to say one more thing, like along those lines is that, so the reason I'm along those lines, the reason I'm choosing to vote for Trump is because Trump empowers people to make their own decisions. Trump empowered through, through, through his legislation, he gives you the power to embody the innate power that God has given us. Right. Whereas with the democratic party, it, it creates this level of victimhood. I can't get behind that as, as a spiritual person, as a person who, who lives my life based off of unconditional faith. I know the power of God. I know how it shows up in my life. I still don't consider myself to be a Christian. However, I understand the power of that energy and what it creates. I consider myself to be a co-creator with this energy that some people call, call God. And I can't get behind this victim mentality that I give my power away to the government. The government is not God, period. And the people are going to say, what are you actually saying? That people are going to say, like, this is just like what they call white privilege. That means Trump is giving more power to his people. And yeah, th- th- I mean, I-, I can see actually somebody listening to this is going to say, you know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is like white privilege. But as David is saying, like, there's more opportunity to black people as well in terms of businesses, economy. And I believe, like, of course, on the Trump, I think uh, people having more voices, actually, people having more like they're able to decide whatever they want to do. If it comes to black people, Mexican or whatever people. There's another thing as well I was going to talk about when it comes, because people talk about the kids that was uh, locked up. I think there was like a kids in the, on the, the cages, yeah, the, in the cages. And there was, super, yeah, they, they super, oh. yeah, they was actually taken away from the parents. And yeah. Oh, man. That's human trafficking. Human trafficking. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. And they say like Trump was, I mean, I, I believe the, the cage was made under Obama, right? If I'm right. The yeah. cage, mm-hmm. the cage yeah. was set up mm-hmm. under Obama. But and people are saying, so why is he actually, why they carry the, the same strategy or not? You know, so, so Trump, was still, my, my, why is the real story? So the, the real story is you have a human trafficking issue happening at south of the border. Yeah. And you have actually people who are showing up with kids who aren't their kids. That's yep. why they separate. 
And those kids have, have been have been pawns for years. My I got friends that work CBP, um, immigration, sheriffs, uh, all types of PD here in California, all throughout the United States. Is the same exact issue. Folks are being told one story, but the truth is on the ground that it's something completely different. You have people coming up from the border who actually are snatching, kidnapping, raping, molesting, and destroying these kids' lives. And then they'll show up at the border, and guess what? That kid better act right because they get across that border. We're going to come in here as a family. And what happened was this entire narrative of, you know, we need to let families in and let them come here without any issue. That was been used by these cartels, by these people who are human trafficking, child trafficking, sex trafficking, to get into the United States and to do whatever they wanted. That's that. I mean, you're talking about a terrible, terrible cycle of destruction with these kids. And these kids are abused sexually in ways that, and on top of it, oh man, let me tell you about this too. On top of it, you have these kids without birth certificates. So these folks, these kids don't, they've, there's no record of them even being alive. So they can, they, any, these kids can get used over and over again and nobody will know and these kids get destroyed. So it's, the, you know, this whole thing about, you know, kids in cages, well, they're not looking at the real source of it. They're looking, they'll just, they just want to find a way to get mad at Trump about these kids in cages when they're not looking about Obama and actually what he actually established here, even in 1994 or actually 1997, where the entire immigration issue really came to a head. There's been so much that's happened there, which has been terrible for these children. But folks aren't really, really watching. They're watching the bouncing ball going to Trump, but they're not, really, not seeing where the ball actually originated from. And Trump has been talking about the about human trafficking since yeah, talk way for way well, way before he was ever president, like back in 2012. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean that's that's crazy because it's like it's something actually people talk about a lot about it. I think the thing about Trump, people they put a lot of energy on him, but they don't do the same thing to other candidates as well. Like when it comes to Joe Biden past, they don't do the same thing. That's the reason why I feel like there is more pressure on one person and rather than, you know, the other thing as well. But like right now, we've happened, everything happening right now with the election, everything. What do you guys think about the climate right now? Is he kind of losing or is he like, because I think the Trump, is gonna, trying to... Trump is gonna Trump is gonna win in a in a landslide. Energetically, it's already done. Energetically, Trump has already won. You can mark my words on that. I'm not I'm not a gambler. I would bet money. Trump has already won in a landslide. Mark my words. What you're seeing right now, and I'm, I'm I actually am agreeing very much right now with with Ann. What you're seeing right now is uh, you'll 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 hear about ballot harvesting. You'll hear about votes uh, ballots being destroyed. You'll hear about uh, tampering with mail. And you'll even hear about uh, every, every vote counts, okay? You'll hear those terms. The reason why these terms are being used is because they understand their ideas on the Democrat side, the liberal side, are not popular with the, with the nation. Folks understand what's, what's happening in that Democrat party and how they're trying to take it over for these other socialist ideas. So the American public has rejected it. So they understand that they need to cheat to get what they want, which is power. These folks are so... It's almost a sickness. They're so power hungry. They will do anything to get into that White House to take over the Senate and to take over the House. These people are freaking crazy, man. I think now they're using like a lot of famous people as well. I think the whole Hollywood is like Democrats. Oh, That's boy. how I feel. A hundred percent because they're not coming out against any, they're not coming out against human trafficking. They're not. I mean, because they're, they're all involved. All of Hollywood is fucking involved in the whole thing. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. Really, really unfortunate. So what do you, what do you guys think about the uh, the debate the debate you know last time last debate between Trump and Biden because I watch it I feel like yeah what, what is your opinion <laughs> I think I mean my honest opinion is that yeah honest could, opinion 
My honest <laughs> opinion is that I think, I definitely think that Trump won. Do, do I think that Trump could, could have shut his mouth a little bit? Absolutely. He has a really hard time not just, you know, shutting up. And, and I think that if he had just shut it and allowed Biden to just spin, we would have seen that Biden really is completely incapable. I think they so did help I think, him. Yeah. Biden, Biden, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so I just, I think that absolutely could, could Trump have like pulled back a little bit? 100%. Does, does his ego get involved? 100%. Did he win? Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. David, what do you think? But, uh, he came into that debate knowing what Biden and his, uh, and Obama had actually done to him in his campaign back in, uh, in 2016, 2017. So the dude was freaking lit, already pissed off anyway. So there's all kinds of stuff that were going on behind the scenes where he actually called it out. And then um, Mike Pence called it out as well too against Kamala Harris toward the end of that debate as well. These, you understand, man, like, like people will get pissed off about the way he interacts and stuff like that. And it's completely understandable. It can be, it can be really abrasive. It's controversial. It's in your face. It's argumentative. But you understand that when somebody acts a certain way, there might be a root to that action. The reason why, what the, there might be a reason behind what they're doing. There's been com corruption and a coup happening here in the United States that around the world, nobody's really paying attention to. These folks- treason. It's to, treason. It, like it's legit treason. And let me tell you what's so terrible about it, bro, is that it was from a freaking black president, man. The first dang black president tried to usurp the, the entire American system of government to hide crap that they were doing because he had a socialist desire to run the country that way. This did, I mean, it's, it's freaking terrible, but you go into the debates. Heck yeah. I'd be freaking lit on bite. I'd be talking all kinds of crap. Wouldn't I let my boy get a yeah. word in I, I, I think oh, maybe, yeah. I think maybe it's going to be, he's going to get better in a second debate. But the only thing is the, the guy who has actually set it up the debate, the moderator, I don't, I don't remember his name, actually. The Miss um, Wallace. Yeah. I think he was helping Biden a lot. Like that's how I feel. Because a lot. I think I feel like that it was more like two people against Trump than actually yeah. letting them just like speaking. Because every time Biden was kind of, you know, on his on his on his way of, you know, he's being Biden, and he was just yeah. there trying to cut and trying to, you know, like push. For, yeah, I think that's the only thing that was kind of I was upset about it. I think Trump felt the same way as well because they spent more time talking to each other than actually Trump talking uh -huh. to Biden. Mike Wallace is already a Democrat. The lady that did the Kamala Harris uh, 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 Pence uh, debate, she actually's writing a book on Pelosi's great accomplishments. The next guy, was <laughs> the next guy that's supposed to do the next debate, he actually was a freaking Biden staffer, bro. Okay, so these guys, this is it's, who, it's who choose who choose them actually. They're, they're, I think there's a a, 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 um, a debate campaign or a coalition or committee. Or whoever has the money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, they, yeah. so you understand, man, you understand. There's an entire system of people who do not want Trump to win. And it's not just here in the United States. It's all over the world. Yeah, I'm a, yeah, definitely all over the world, yeah. Yeah, they're all over the world. So they have to stack. The, the deck is freaking stacked. And, there's, and in ways that we would have never expected. Nobody would have ever expected the CIA, the FBI, the DNI, even, I mean, even these other countries to be stacked up against this nation, but specifically against the president. Why? Because there's an establishment that these people, they get all their money, they have all this power, they need to stay in power and keep their establishment intact. That's what all this stuff is about, because Trump goes against the establishment. He went establish, against the establishment of Republicans, Democrats, independents, the media, all this stuff. He's going against all that stuff. You understand? This is what this dude is fighting against. 
is all about. And it's already done. Our- it's already done. David, it's already crumbled. Again, it's already crumbled. So like the thing is like, we're just going through the motions at this point. We're just going through the motions. We're just going through the election. It's already done. The establishment is already crumbled behind the scenes. But what's happening is there's a massive awakening right now. And there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of people who aren't actually awake to it. So we kind of have to go through the motions and the, and the people who are still part of the establishment, but a little bit, you know, like lower down, they're not the, the way high up. It's like they're trying to grasp on, they're holding on for dear life, but it's already done. It's like, it's already fucking crumbled. But of course the media is not going to report that. It's coming. I promise you it's coming. And the biggest question here is um, make America great again. So people, yeah. yeah. So I know a lot of people always ask about it because as a black person, you support Trump, you support somebody, you say, I want to make America great again. So you as a black person Maga. think actually America was great for you, for people who look like you. The opportunity to actually pers- to strive for my own American dream. That means That's before, what made- I mean, that mean before it was great then. Because when you say great again, yeah. that means like before my- it was great for black people. Do you think right black there. people? Go ahead. My- Both fought in World War II and Korea. My grandparents, they came back to segregation. My grandparents that were called all kinds of names, they still fought for this nation. The reason why? Because the American dream is for everybody that's in America. Despite if you're going through segregation or even racial prejudice, you still have the opportunity, the best nation in the world, to even do that. You can't do that anywhere else. No, what, is, what, what, what are you saying? Like your grandfather, they actually thought for this country, but them doing that was the opportunity for black people that time was it better than today that, that's what i'm saying like in terms case of like social of, life in terms of opportunity in terms of racism now to look at it from today's perspective and push that onto the past that's yeah. not fair that's not you need to even do that's called it's called an you anachronism believe, shouldn't use that word then what's that do you believe it shouldn't use that word of making america great again do you think it's no like, heck yeah use and make america great again all over the place i wear a maga hat if i had one I'm about to give me a black Trump shirt, black uh, so supporter shirt in a minute, okay? Now, the reason why I say I'm, I'm being real with you, man, that my grandparents, see, this is, this is the deal that's so, that's so funny about this generation. We're so caught up on ourselves. My grandparents, they fought not for themselves. They didn't fight for just their families. They fought for my generation. They fought for people that were come after them because they were self-giving. Now you have narcissists who only believe about the here and now and getting whatever they want and it being about the here and now, and that's it. These people that were in the past, you have to understand the greatest generation that fought in World War II, fought in World War I, did all those times. I mean, all these people, they were fighting for the world against tyranny, against fascism, and they were willing to put their skin color on the side for an ideal that was to pursue dreams and freedom. That is, you have to understand, man, that is, that is so much valor, so much honor, and so much pride I take in that in my own grandparents because they were looking beyond what, was, what they were experiencing at the time. They're looking to hope and hope for me to do something for me that actually would equal out to me being a better person for this world and to actually push that onto my kids if I ever have them. I think so. You, you, want, you see is more as um, like um, attitude, mentality of like, you know, just like, that's that's how you describe it like you know back in the time people have like used to like patriotism america yeah yeah that's what i'm saying so i believe in a dream like you know to make things better for but it's not it's not because the way people think is like 
I mean, people want to think in a way where black people live, you know, everyday black people live in America was actually much better. Like there was no like discrimination a lot like today, you know, that's, that's how, because if you go back in the day anyway, the racism was actually more, you know, like there was more open, there was a lot of crime and even the opportunity today, you see a lot of black people that have businesses back in the day wasn't as good as you see today. I mean, like, the opportunity that's that's why every time a black person heard that like make america great again it, it kind of like bring you back to the old time that you don't want to remember if people don't see yeah. the context that you just actually mentioned i think so it's, the concept, it's a, yeah go ahead. Go, ahead, go ahead go ahead i was just gonna say no but it's, it is it's the patriotism aspect of it because when i again when i walked away from the from the democrats in march i realized that i spent my entire life i'm 38 years old i spent my entire life never actually loving america because it's not actually condoned on the left to be a proud american like it's i feel like energetically it's really like looked down upon to be american to be a patriot to really fully to be a god-loving american is considered a conservative mm -hmm. value and right. so i always rejected ultimately being an american or wearing red white and blue or you know having anything with a flag on it because i was like oh that's a that's a republican <laughs> ideal right and so <laughs> i think that so when i hear make america great again i see it as coming together in unity making like coming together as Americans, not as Blacks, as Whites, as Hispanics, as, you know, Latinos, like coming together and really unifying and making America great as patriots. And that's actually when I walked away and I joined the walk away movement, I was honestly like on the verge of tears because I put my story in there and it was just like comment after comment after comment, welcome home, welcome home, patriot, hey. welcome patriot, hey. patriot, patriot, patriot. And I was like, I had never <laughs> considered myself a patriot. And I was like, oh my God, I'm a goddamn American. Hell yes, I, I mean, <laughs> I understand that. I mean, it makes sense what you're saying, but as a black person coming back again, as a black person, you're going to say, look, how can you be so proud of the country is not actually treating you right? Because of the belief. And, and when you, when you made the comment before, when I was talking about losing my job and, and, you know, becoming an entrepreneur and you, you brought up the whole white privilege thing again, the way that I see it is that whatever is possible for one is possible for all. So exactly. even with, even within the, even within the, the black culture, if it, if success and abundance and, and um, those are the two that are coming up. If success and abundance are possible for one, they're possible for all. So you see successful black people, you see abundant black people, you see famous black people. Like there are so many models of it being possible that to say that it's just white privilege is complete bullshit. Yeah. And that's the two, it, it negates black business owners. And this is not something that's new. They've been black millionaires all the way going back to the early, uh, the late uh, 1800s. You have black people who actually did very well. And so you have to understand like, like to, to the, the idea that it's only now that black folks have actually been successful, it negates an entire system of people who have actually strived to do the best they actually could, even coming from poverty, coming from segregation, coming from play. I mean, okay, I'm, I'm reading through Clarence Thomas's uh, biography right now. This dude came from absolute poverty. The dude's sitting on the Supreme Court. So, so to me, to, to, to think that, okay, now black people have always been treated poorly, that's, a, that's just, just false. There's areas where it actually does happen, but I'm gonna tell you that in the human heart, there's people who have that inside of them, but there's also folks who have the desire to treat people equally, not worrying about what they look like. Every, everybody's gonna look, everybody looks different. 
but there's people out there who really do just strive to just treat people well, despite what they look like. But if everybody, if it's always going to come down to this ethnic racial issue, then you'll always find the boogeyman. I'm not, I'm not even looking for the boogeyman. I know I've had, I've had to inter interact with skinheads and freaking clans members here in San Diego. It's like, yeah, dude, it happens. Am I mad at the world and all white people? Heck no. Because I believe that making America great again actually pursues a dream. Understand, like, what happened during the Obama administration? That dude, man, he was trying his best to make people feel bad for being Americans, for being bad for being patriots, bad for the flag, going around the world and apologizing to the world about, you know, our, our things that happened during the Bush administration. Was Bush perfect? No, neither was Obama, neither was Clinton. But everybody makes their own decisions. But all these people, man, I'm, I'm just over this whole idea that if you believe that, you know, the Make America Great Again, that you're somehow a racist or that somehow like I'm a deranged, off the kilter freaking black dude, you just, you're ignoring the true, the true worth of my, of my personness outside of my skin color. I think, I think, well, I think what we need, like people need to have more conversation, you know, like, cause every time we want to have this kind of conversation, people always come to like, he's racist, is this, is this. And instead mm -hmm. of really going deep and having a sit down, and actually having a conversation like today i did call one of my friends i was like look i know you are anti-trump or whatever i want you to come down and just gonna talk to those guys because they're there they live there they know what's going on over there but the person didn't want to turn up because people don't want to confront it people just want to have short conversation like say you know what you're racist you're this you don't like this like that's it but they don't really have want to have a conversation where they're going to go deep because they know they don't want to have anything else to say really yeah. it challenges it challenges their identity because yeah. we have made our beliefs our identity and so for for as long as you make your belief your identity or you or you you put yourself in a certain box and you make that who you are and you don't make who you are aligned with a higher power that's the, mm. to me that's the biggest problem yeah. is that people who make their identity this body right? This body is, is finite. It's going to end at some point. We have an infinite potential within us. So as long as you continue to align with the infinite potential, then you can, you have the freedom to change your beliefs. You have your, the freedom to change how you see the world because you don't make that your identity. Your identity is your higher power. But I think we have to admit, and I know like I completely agree with what you're actually saying, but I feel like we still have to admit like the white privilege exists, but- oh my God. We, we no no what i'm saying right is it, do you do you do you guys agree like we have to admit that it exists but we don't have to put our energy on that like we have to focus as you know andrew said like there was a lot of there was a lot of <laughs> <laughs> no what bro hey, 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 let, me, let me break it down for you bro yeah. first off the premise of white privilege actually goes right into the whole identity politics i don't buy into any of that crap yeah. The entire idea, white privilege, is, is actually not something that is used for, for people, to I help not, people. Not just in America, to be honest with you. Like when we talk yeah. about white privilege, it's more like... Because, yeah. You know why? Because folks want to be against white people. And this is what's the, what's so upsetting. You look only at the skin color, and that's their issue. So it's always, about, it's always about ethnicity. And I'm just like, people like people really understand that's what their people's whole deal is. They just want to be mad at somebody for what they look like. So it's racist on its freaking face. You know what I mean? Let me, let me add to that, that when you're a victim, you always need someone to blame. Period. Exactly. So, white people. So it doesn't, it, white people. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't even necessarily have to be white. It's just like, as long as you see yourself as a victim, then there always has to be an oppressor. Always. And maybe because there has never been a reparation, you know, when it comes to, because look, we, 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 can, we, can agree, we can disagree with the whole white, there is no like white privilege or whatever, but, we still have to admit like the way 
black people are being treated in America are being fairly compared to other races. Can we agree with that? No. Nope. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> yeah, no. So why? You know why I can't agree with that? Why? So I got Native, I got Native American blood in me too. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, so like we can go. We can even go there too, man. Yeah, you understand. I, I, I know yeah. what you're trying to say, but the thing is, Irish, bro. You, go, you can go to the Irish that came out here. Were they treated fairly too? It's like it's like were the Chinese? How about the Jews? Everybody gets treated unfairly at some point in time, and this is what the entire your entire life is supposed to be about perseverance. And if you want to give up and be a victim, you're not going to persevere. And if it, it's always about somebody who treated me wrong, you all it's always an obstacle. No, no, what Folks, I'm saying, like, I mean. There's a difference between saying, you know what, I don't want to think that way. I know this the problem exists, but I don't want to focus on the problem. That's that's what I'm trying to say to you. Like I know the problem exists. Like like today we we have a coronavirus. People are losing the job. Like the market's very going crazy right now. But you're gonna say to yourself, I know there is a coronavirus going on. People are losing the job, but I'm not gonna focus on the problem. I believe in myself. I'm gonna make it because certain people make it. That's the right. kind of way but, I'm trying to say. In terms of like, no, but, you have to admit like there is a problem. The premise of like privilege is actually racist. Yeah. That actually is on its face. It's racist. So for me to even agree, even like to give that even an inch means that I am abiding by and believing in a, a type of racism toward other people. That means that I, that I buy into myself being a racist toward white people. I don't believe that. No, and I, well, they're like, that's not, that's not fair to white folks. Not fair to my friends. Not fair to people who I don't even know. It's no, just what not I'm fair. Saying, like, you can't reject it. Like just because you want to be mentally strong or you want, you want to challenge, you know, make your life better. But what I'm saying, like, look, when you when you check the story we come from slavery and you have like you know civil right movement a lot of things have been changing the reason why you have all these steps is because there was something was wrong something wasn't right from the start that's the reason why we have those and what did you say who changed that though okay then let's get into who changed (laughs) who who changed changed that? that No, we, we, we fight for it. When I say we, I mean black people. They, they, we fall for no. it. And then together, okay, well, the system changed it. Who are, it were, you had white abolitionist Christians are the ones that changed it around the world. Specifically, but the pressure, the pressure behind that. The people, that? Was, the people was there as well. Like black people was there as well to try to push it things. It sure were. Because you understand when you're not in power, you're not in position of changing things anymore. Anyway. had the positions of power. These individuals, they use what they could to actually change the entire narrative. It wasn't just here in the United States. It actually happened there in the UK. Wilbur, uh, William Wilberforce, you can look up the name. Mm. There's individuals who were Christian abolitionists who understood what Genesis chapter one and two actually means, that people are created in the image of God. The founders of this nation believe the same exact thing, that people are, are created in the image of God, okay? So that's why they understood that when they first coming in together, 1776, they had the issue of slavery. They pushed it off onto the next, the next generation because they realized that the first thing they need to take care of was American independence. Now, this is something that was happening across the world. Folks were facing the truth about what the slave trade actually was. And the slave trade for black people wasn't something that was unique to just black people because black folks were actually trading slaves in Africa as well. So you have okay. black folks trading slaves to white people. And they were going across the world selling those slaves. And the United States wasn't the only place that had slaves. So there's slaves all over the world. The majority of slaves actually that went across the Western Hemisphere, they went down to Southern and South and uh, Central and South America. It wasn't even, it wasn't even like this whole number wasn't even here in the United States. So there's a whole, there's a whole narrative there that just isn't true, you know? 
Yeah, but the thing is, when, when, you, when you count the number of years that actually black people have been enslaved, and mm-hmm. when you check about the impact that you actually have on people, and that's the reason why you have to acknowledge the problem as well. We cannot just ignore like about 300 years of slavery. We cannot just put it on the side. Didn't do that. That's what, what I'm saying. saying. But what I'm saying is the people who have come out of that, they do not look back as if that time is now. It's not now. I'm not a slave. No, no, no. But are looking at it as if they are still fighting the 1960s war. Yeah, I mean, true. I'm against that because a lot of people we have, we love putting ourselves as a victim. Like, you know what, my girl, you know, we were, we were a slave and, you know, I'm, I'm the generation of this. I think like they were a slave, but we don't slave today. We have to accept that we're not slave today. But the thing is, there was a lot of process. Things happened. You know, you have like slavery, you have like independent, you have like all the civil rights movement and everything that mm-hmm. we're having right now. Even the fight that we're having right now is not the same fight that we had like 80 or 60 years ago. Today is like, mm-hmm. we're fighting for kind of simple thing because we want things to, to kind of be right, you know? But back in the day, it was different, like to see in the same, like, same, like to go in a bus, like to see next to a, a white person or to, to share like the same bathroom or things like that. That was some serious stuff before. And now things have changed. But the thing is, so, the, the impact that all this year of fighting for something, because believe it or not, they still have a big, big impact in, in people. That's the reason why I'm saying people, they feel like they're struggling to detach themselves from, from that time. And it's That's a personal healing. That's a personal healing yeah. thing. And every single, in order for us to actually change things on a collective level, each person, it goes back to responsibility. Each person is responsible for their thoughts, their feelings, and their action. People are responsible for what they believe to be true about themselves and what they believe to be true about the world. And so when you change what you believe to be true about yourself and what you believe to be true about the world, you can, you get to decide whatever you want to believe about the world. You get to decide whether you want to believe it's a safe place or whether you believe it's a dangerous place. But I guarantee beliefs are extremely powerful. Whatever you believe to be true is what you will experience. So if you believe that the world is full of racists and violent people, then that's ultimately what you're going to experience because you're, you ultimately get led into, like the world reflects back to you what you believe to be true about it. And so those people who, not to say that you don't ever, um, you know, engage in like, so like David, right? Like you've, you've been around skinheads and racists and whatever, but you clearly you're still here. You're alive to talk about it. Like, you know, like you didn't have this belief because we act based off of our beliefs. So if David had the belief that everyone is out to get me, and then he is, is he crosses paths with someone and he has that belief that these people want to murder me, these people want to you know, do harm to me, he's going to show up in a very different way versus I have control over my thoughts, my feelings, my actions, my beliefs, all, all is well, I'm safe, I'm protected by God, whatever it may be, he walks away, all is well. Yep. It's very powerful. And the government doesn't want you to know that. The, the, the establishment doesn't want you to know that because if we knew, if we really truly knew the power that we held, they wouldn't be able to control us. Why do you think they induce us with so much fear? Because that's how people are controlled. And those, those of us who know the truth about who we are innately cannot be controlled. And this is why too, when you see, when you see the folks who yeah. are willing to accept the victim narrative, they will only go so far. This is exactly what Anne's saying. They're, they've, they've basically embodied the negativity and the victimhood. So there's, there's, no, there's no good choices for them. They'll never be able to push beyond that. 
and they always think of themselves as being some civil rights movement leader, whatever. And they always think of themselves as that because they've never been beyond it. They're, they're basically stuck in their own mental health. But do you I, think I just, that, yeah, just not, I'm just not that, that person. I, I heard that before the comments. So do you think that we should let go of slavery? Do you think? What do you mean? Like when I say like, let go, let go like we, we, we just like let go of believe, like, like just like trying to, you know, go forward. Because I yes. know like you always come back to the conversation so all the time. There's a, there's, a, there's a caveat here, okay? You remember where you come from, but that's not where you're at. Yeah. So black people aren't there. Like, like for, and, and for folks to think that that, and this is what's so, so funky about the BLM movement and, 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 and these spinoff groups, is they're acting as if this is the 60s, like this is their grandparents or parents fight. This is not their fight. They basically are attaching themselves to a Marxist organization that just wants control of the government. These people that, that were back then in the 60s, in the, in the 50s, you know, you do the, the Rosa Parks thing, they're fighting actually for something much greater than themselves. These folks at BLM, they're straight, straight up narcissists, dude. They're straight up narcissist Marxists. So they have a whole different ideology that they're pursuing that's based off of them, not about like making the world better. It's about them and themselves. So yeah, so to, to, let, go of, to let go of slavery, to me, what that means to me is I'm not holding on to the resentment of the past I'm looking in hope to the future that I can actually better myself, the people I'm around, my family, and I'm pursuing my dreams, the American dream, the making America great again, the making my life greater again. It's giving me a choice. I'm using that choice for the betterment of myself. And I'm not looking back at other people in their lives, my grandparents' lives, my great-grandparents' lives, as if that's my life right now, because it's not. It's just, they, they fought for me to be where I'm at right now. They fought for me to be able to have my own car, to own my own home, to be a civil engineer, to be an actual pastor, to walk around in the streets amongst white folks, black folks, Mexicans, whatever, and all of us to look at each other and say, okay, yo, we're here. I can go to a Mexican restaurant, bro. There's folks out here who, who may not like me. I really don't care, but I'm living here in the United States and I'm free. And I have the freedom in my brain and in my heart and my soul. And that it gets to show out to other people. I get to, I get to have friends like Ann, okay? Yay! I got friends like right? <laughs> Dude, I got, bro, I got hella friends, bro. And these fools, they, and then my friends, they look all kinds of ways. They come from all types of backgrounds. And you know what? What's beautiful about it? They don't all just, they don't all agree about everything. But we actually have the ability and the freedom because of what our grandparents and parents went through. We're living in a different time. This is a special time. Wow. That was very good. That was, um, I know we spent a lot nearly two hours here man like <laughs> we have a lot <laughs> <So> to say <laughs> it was good because i, I said we spent a lot of like a lot of time nearly two hours um yo th th that was very good and before we finish i just want to say as a pastor what do you find challenging you as a christian and being like a trans supporter as well there's any challenge there's any like you know there's any challenge for you for that being a pastor so it goes right into what ann said it's integrity Okay, yeah. so my so the biggest deal, the biggest deal that you have that that the, the biggest struggle that you have as a Christian is understanding what sin is and dealing with sin every day. It's knowing that I'm not that I'm going through a sanctification process with my whole heart, mind, and body, soul, spirit are being renewed every day, and I'm believing that God is doing that thing through me every single day. But I fall every single day. So as a Trump supporter, it's me being able to communicate in the way that is not only inviting, but also shows that there's a different side and persona of me that is not some stereotype. That's not, you know, some, you know, crazy evangelical Christian that's like some, you know, cult member. No, it's just, I'm, I'm a regular freaking dude, man. I'm a regular guy. I grew up I, extraordinary, went through some things as 
kid and I'm just trying to live my life and I'm trying to obey what I understand from reading the word of God, understanding who Jesus Christ actually is. And actually, when you said, and Moses, you understand how much Moses actually means to me personally. I love Moses. Moses is my homeboy. <laughs> you know what I mean? But there's people, these stories, these stories in the Old Testament that literally are, are examples of what people, they're just regular human beings who are having this extraordinary encounter with God. Yeah. And they do these regular people like you, bro, like, bro, like I'm a regular dude. And I'm having an experience with God where God's like, I'm going to use you and your voice to show people that Jesus Christ loves them. He cares about them, but it's the admission of sin. And that's where you create the relationship with God is that Jesus Christ actually wants that not only just for Trump, not only for Pelosi or for Biden or for anybody like that. He wants it for everybody because to be God's child means that you actually submit yourself to him and his rule and obedience. So I did that. My deal is if I'm going to honor who God is, then I'm going to go through this process and be humble about it. And even with the way that I speak to people about this stuff, because man, I'm telling you, dude, there's more folks out there who are just wanting to know the truth. So the truth in the, cause, it, cause we're, we're fed a bunch of lies all the time. They yeah. just want to know and hold on to something that's just real. And they understand that there's something wrong in the freaking world. And they think it's the other person is this or that it's freaking sin, dude. That's all it is. And God's like, yo, I got the cure for that. Yeah, it's called Jesus. <laughs> you know, <laughs> pretty simple. You know what I'm saying? And that's, I mean, it's pretty simple. Put your faith in Christ. Okay, now, now walk it out. Like Ann says, mm -hmm. you walk it out. You fall on your face. Like me, I try, my, bro, I used to cuss like a dang seller, dude. Like, <laughs> you don't even know. And, I, and, and, then I, he got, and then he got friends like Ann. <laughs> oh, man. I do it for you. Hey, you know I, I, I guess from the same city. What's that? No, I, 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 I from the same city. Oh, no, no I, I live in Arizona. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so, and 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 my friends, I don't judge people. I don't, my friends, I don't judge nobody. But I try to be an example of that. Like, I could, if I can clean up some stuff, then then I can tell you, man. And I can be off of drugs and freaking not <laughs> buck wilding at the club right now. Then yeah, yeah my life has changed, dude. <laughs> All right, and what are you saying before we finish? And. I mean, that was really open <laughs> yeah the, the last message like what you guys want to say to people because i know people are gonna watch in and what do you what do you want to tell people like you know you guys are think for supporters. yourself think for yourself don't don't play into the media don't play into what other people like really think for yourself read all angles dive deep go down the rabbit hole if you need to go down the rabbit hole and really my question my actually what really the question i asked myself that really changed my beliefs was why does the other side believe the way they do and I, and I didn't go in to try to change my own mind. I went in with openness and curiosity. I truly wanted to understand. If you go in seeking to understand, then you will open yourself up to actually seeing what's there. So that would be my biggest like, guidance. Anything else you want to add, David? That we're human, man. Yeah. We're all human, bro. And like, like, like you understand like at the core, people all bleed red. We got bones, we got muscles. No matter what a person might look like, the disability, no matter what, people are human. And that humanness is actually what binds us together. And there's an actual ability to love one another that goes beyond the hate. See, like, like looking at what we see in this world, folks want to be polarized on even on politics. But the truth of the matter is, if you like what Ann just said, if you do a little bit of critical thinking, if you go beyond yourself and have a little bit of humility, you change not only your world, but the people who you interact with. And that's where folks need that. They need to see somebody is actually willing and open to not only hear them, to be heard, but also to be felt, to be seen, and to be understood. 
And that's where we all come together. If you just try to understand somebody, instead of trying to, you know, poke your beliefs on somebody else, man, this entire world would change. But folks want to have power, man. Get freaking, get Alan on an AA, dude. <laughs> yeah, that, that is true, actually. Um, yeah, I just want to say thank you, man. Thank you guys for today. I know it wasn't like a little fight, but and you went a little bit, you know what I mean? No, dude, yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Everything was fine, and I feel like we got along a lot. Like, you know what I mean? I appreciate it. Thank you, and for, ter- for turning up, actually, for actually, you know, asking David to be part of it. Because Absolutely. I asked in a group who want to be part of this conversation. People are clicking like, but nobody want to say they want to gain. It was Whoa. crickets. Crazy. I was like, I know, dude. You know what I mean? I think because I said black, I was like, I want a black person like actually wanted somebody to talk and then people just i know like it's very everybody's kind of feel some type of way but i just i'm happy that we have this conversation that's the problem because when you come to this topic people have such like they think they have many things in mind but when you really have a conversation with people you're gonna realize there's is not that deep is not that crazy we can yes, all uh, understand each other i think i just hope like people can just vote whatever they want to vote without trying to fight without trying to say this guy is racist this one is not racist even if they use the racist thing they should use the same energy when it comes to biden trump and everybody as well but i don't yeah. see that happening you just like to one person and what happened is when you reject when you put everything to one person you actually attract people as well because people want to say why everybody hate this guy i think that was the reason why one of the reason why i kind of I'm not going to say support, but yeah, everybody knows that I kind of support Trump because of that. I'm trying to be. <laughs> hey, you're out the closet now, dog. <laughs> I try to be, I try to be like, you know, on both sides because I got to have a conversation. But the thing is, it is not easy because some friends, I have friend actually, my cousin is in America. The guy actually just blocked me on Facebook. I'm like, wow. You know, because we are having intense. a conversation. He's my cousin, family, was having a conversation on, on, on Messenger. I was like, and I tell you, because he grew up in America, he was born there. I was like, you know what? You black America, just brainwashed by Democrat because you feel like you are born to vote Democrat. He's like, how can you talk to me? I'm like, he just blocked me. I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it was hurt, you know? Like, <laughs> you fought the, the tiger. <laughs> and, and that's the truth because like most people, that's what we feel because we feel like most black America, you guys like, you feel like you have to. Like now, the problem we have right now is people know like Biden is not that great. And they know like Trump, in their mind, they know like he's better than Biden. But at the same time, they don't like Biden. And but they don't want to say anything. They just say, okay, I'm just going to stay quiet. Or they want to go to Kamala now. They want to be, okay, you know what? I'm going to vote that Biden because of her. Oh, I heard yeah. that today, actually. It was on the Breakfast Club. He was like, oh, you know, I'm going to vote for that. So, Bro, if you know anything about Kamala Harris in California, bro, Black folks do not like Kamala Harris in California. She's a freaking hypocrite. That, that woman locked up more black folks, black men, in the prison while she was the AG here. And then, and then to get up on talking yeah. about you know, smoking uh, weed. Yeah, I did like, some seriously. research about it. I heard that as well. I yeah, think the same for Joe Biden as well. I think all the yeah. prison reform, people complain about all the things happening today, but they forget the people that actually made that happen, vote for it. Exactly. Or crime bill. Around for like over 40 years, you know? Yeah. Is yeah. what it is. So thank you again for today. Uh, and I know we're gonna, I'm gonna catch you later as well. I, think, I mean, like, we're gonna do another episode together as well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not gonna be about Trump or anything. So, David, thank you again. And yeah, for anybody listening to this, so I hope you guys are gonna actually learn something out of it. If you wanna get in touch with one of those guys, just make sure I'll put everything on the description. If anything, that David, do you work on something or are you just? Uh, I'm working or? on something. 
I'm working on something right now, but I can't talk about. It's it not yet. no business. Ah, right, cool. Yeah, is and are you working on something podcast wise? Anything? Somebody um, you know? Pod podcast. I have a new podcast being launched yeah. called Uncensored: The Conversations We Were Told Not to Have. <laughs> um, I also have a pod. I also have a podcast called Confessions of a Nomad. I have a book on Amazon called Radical Rebirth. So uh, everything else is on my website and LivingstonCoaching.com. Okay, good. I'm going to put everything on the description as well. Uh, thank you guys for having me today and God bless you. Thank God you so you. much. Good. You, man. God, <laughs> God bless America. <laughs> yes. I got it. You're good. Hey, what time is it out there right now? Oh, man? God, it's late here, man. It's about, it's nearly 11 p.m. here. I'm to go to Let, bed. Uh, see, uh, I'm, I go to sleep at freaking 8, 8, 8.30 p.m., man. Really? I'm an early bird. Yeah, <laughs> man. Anyway, so thank you because I'm working from home now as well. So, you know, all this gotcha. virus going on. So, thank you, man. Okay. Thank for today, and then I appreciate it. God bless. Appreciate you, bro. God bless you too, man.